let's go to the Lord. Father, I want to thank you for each one here today. I want to thank you for the blessing of being together, just coming together in, in your name as brothers and sisters in Christ to see each other, to fellowship together, to talk about you, to uh, worship you in song, to worship you, Father, through the message as you touch our hearts and, and speak to us, Father, and lift our spirit that we acknowledge that before you, but also to feed on, on your word. And I just praise you and thank you, Father, that we're all here and able to do that. And I pray, Father, please, that we will each one be blessed and encouraged, inspired, and walk away, as I've always said, Father, with a, a blessing on their heart and a praise on their lips, saying, Lord, thank you. It's been good to be in your house today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you agree with me if I tell you that following Jesus changes everything? I mean, some of you can look at your life in the past or, and say, I'm a different person than what I used to be. You can see as you follow God and God stretches you, calls you to serve him and, and to step out of your, your boundaries, out of your comfort zones, that as you do, you find the blessing of being used of God. And so you, you grow in him, you see him use you in ways you didn't think were possible, and you're blessed by that. And, and our heart begins to grow more and more in love with Jesus to the point where we're saying, Lord, what do you have next? What do you, what do you have in store for me? What are your plans? As I follow you, you're going to show me, Lord, what you want me to do. And as we follow him and he shows us and we respond to that and do what he calls us to do, the only outcome is that we grow, we experience him, and through that ministry that God has us involved in, he is magnified and glorified. And it's a real blessing to do what God puts in front of us and to follow him. So following Jesus does change everything. The more we're on step following Christ, God will continue to put before us things that require us to take a step of faith, to step out of the comfort zone, to step out of the box, to accept what he tells us to do, what he's leading us to do. And in doing so, again, we grow and he's glorified by it. So we're going to talk about following Jesus this morning. And it's an easy message this morning, unless the Lord leads me to add to it, which I never do that, do I? So we're just see how it goes, right? We'll see what God does. Looking around the sanctuary for VBS, obviously VBS starts tomorrow. We didn't know how it was going to come together. It was it all peace work and, and the Lord was good and he brought it together. And we always love the privilege of setting things up for kids to come into Vacation Bible School and go, ooh, and ah, and wow, and, and kind of transform their world for a week through different things. And so I'm real pleased that we're at Vacation Bible School again, and, and we have that opportunity. It's good to see kids coming and, and being a part of the group year after year, watching them grow. It's good to see new kids coming. It's good to see the kids that said, Last year, they weren't ready to receive Jesus into their life yet. Many times when they come and they, they're checking, yeah, I want to ask Jesus in my heart, or yes, I want to talk to the pastor or somebody, and we sit down outside with them and we talk to them, and they say, well, I'm not ready yet. Then the following year, if they're here, sometimes they're ready. And it's a blessing to be involved in leading them to Christ. So it is a big week next week as we go every day every night with uh, vacation Bible school. It is a push, it is a challenge, it is a stretch, 
and we are tired and we do rely on God's grace and strength but the joy is knowing that we're doing what God is calling us to do it's God's kingdom work it's reaching out not only to kids but to families and we are in, in essence lifting lifting up the banner of Jesus for people to see Jesus and that's a blessing to be involved with that and so we know that God will give us strength. And so I have up on the board that, but the great thing is, right, even though we need the energy, we need all of that, the great thing is because we follow Jesus, he'll give us everything we need for his work. That's true. Anytime God calls us to be involved in any way, leads us in ministry, causes us or leads us to step out and we follow, Satan will try to convince us that we can't do it or we don't have the energy or we don't have the time or we don't fill in the blank. But if we know God is telling us to do it and we do it, God always takes care of the need and provides what we need to carry out his will. And that's, that's re really very assuring. In Philippians 4.19 it says, <clears throat> And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So we can praise God. That's a favorite verse, is it? And we have God, and we know we'll always supply our need according to his riches and how inexhaustible are God's riches <laughs> right there's no end to them <clears throat> and he'll take care of us he's the greatest resource I'm sorry about my throat <clears> throat> he's the greatest resource um, that we have and we have that resource when we receive Christ as our Savior so when Christ comes in our heart and we're saved Holy Spirit comes and dwells us we're living temples and he's called us on mission and he's empowered us to represent him and to serve him in the ways he wants us to. So the Holy Spirit will give us the counsel, the wisdom, <clears throat> energy, skills, etc., that we need for life and ministries like Vacation Bible School. Why? Because he's our helper. Right? Now, I, want, I started to start this message off by saying it's a message that's very simple, Christian 101. Okay? It's very basic. But sometimes basics are needed to remind us of, of what we need to focus on. Um, so, Vacation Bible School is an important ministry. It's a mission, if you will, this week. That's a way to look at it. It's a mission for this week. Um, uh, Steve and Debbie's son and daughter-in-law took a group down to Mexico, Mexico to build a, build a house. It's their mission this week to do that. It's our mission this week to be involved in Vacation Bible School. Right? Um, Ike's usually in the kitchen wrapping cookies and making sure everybody has what's needed. That's a, that's a ministry. I'm usually walking around talking, yay, and that's a ministry, right? Uh, we all have our place and our purpose. It doesn't matter. So if you've not been involved in Vacation Bible School and God's tugging, tugging at your heart, come be involved. Beth will put you somewhere. We do need help. But it is a blessing because God will use us to... to um, help those kids come to see Jesus more clearly in their lives by receiving them or by growing in them. So, um, uh, where am I at here? Sorry. Huh? Yeah, I know. No. So, um, we continue to follow Christ. We continue to do what? Fish for men, right? We need to be fishers of men. We're little children in this case. And we need to encourage them to receive Christ. Look at Matthew 4, 18 through 20. This is when Jesus called his disciples. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. 
Then he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they immediately left their nets and followed him. You know what I love about that verse? Two things. God wants to make us fishers of men. But I like the very last part of it. Verse 20. They immediately left their nets. Why do I love that so much? Because they heard what Jesus said. Was it a challenge? I mean, think. This is their livelihood. This is their life. This is all they know. And Jesus just simply walks by and says, come follow me. They drop everything and immediately, immediately follow Christ. When God speaks to you and I and is leading us to do something, if we immediately acknowledge that and respond in obedience to that, God will bless that. Those are the things will, that will help our lives grow deeper and richer in Christ Jesus. We're, we're going to love the Lord more. We're, Lord to, we're learn to understand the Lord more. And our, our walk with Jesus will be a walk that is that much more enriched. And if we have the, the focus of, Lord, what do you have next? What, what area can I serve in now? Or, or what are you going to do next? What's the circumstance that you're placing in my life right now that you are drawing my attention to, to be involved in? These are the things that help keep our life with Christ full, rich, uh, in so many words, alive. You know, we can become very, very stagnant. And if we want to live that life, we talked about, uh, uh, about loving the Lord, filling us up, enriching our lives. Sometimes I think that we think that that just comes because we ask. We can ask for that, but it always involves God's intervention saying, you want to know me more? Do this. You want to enrich your life with me? Follow me this, in this direction. You want whatever, it just doesn't come as an as a Amazon package at your door. It's in relationship to us, to, to Christ, how we respond to him. Those are things that keep us enriched in Christ, alive in him. And so the disciples here immediately left their nets. What else does that tell us? It tells us that the Holy Spirit had been working on their hearts somehow. I don't know how. But Jesus the Messiah walks by them and with, with his word, he's God in the flesh, says him, he's chosen them, that's, that's ordained of God, chosen of God, he chooses them, they respond because their heart was willing to listen to what God was saying in their heart. Something moved their heart. It wasn't just the guy walking by per se. It was God working in their lives, setting them up to where they could rationally drop it and go. God prepared them for that moment. And as we follow Christ, God will tell us to do something, but he's prepared us for that moment. He's uh, helped us to get to that place in our life where we can say, okay. And that's what God wants for us. That when God shows us, respond immediately in obedience and faith to him. And by doing so, we'll grow closer to Christ. We'll know him more. We'll grow more in love with him. And our life will become that much more full. And we're excited about serving and what God has for us next. And so that's part of the key to keeping that freshness in our walk with Christ. Immediately respond to God when God speaks to us. Do what he calls us to do. Don't be afraid of it because it is a blessing. God and Andrew immediately followed Jesus. To, uh, Jesus. Um, 
The caller changed professions from fishing for fish to what? Fishing for men did not cause them to hesitate. I'm going to make you fishers of men. Gee, if Jesus, Jesus walks by them, come follow me, I'm going to make you fishers of men. Isn't that a weird thing? They, that's something that's like, what? I'm a fisherman, but you're calling me to be a fisher of men? What in the world does that mean? And yet they followed him immediately. And God did what with them? He raised them up to be mighty men of God. And that was a step of faith out of their zone. That was a, that was a non-explanation. In other words, Jesus said, I'm going to make you fishers of men, but I'm not going to tell you exactly how or what that is at this very moment. I'm making you fishers of men. Come, find, come follow me and find out what that entails. And they did so. That's, that's how you and I are to respond to God. God doesn't have to explain himself. God loves us, and if he leads us, we follow if we truly are disciples and followers of Christ. Don't hesitate to do what God calls us to do. Sometimes it's easy, and the devil will do everything he can to try to, try to diffuse or to water down or to dispel what God has clearly told us to do. Peter and all his disciples followed Jesus and became great fishers of men. That's not isolated to Peter and Simon. Throughout history, we have great men and women that are fishers of men. And you and I can be those active fishers of men. Now, I think it's important to note our success of being fishers of men is not based upon how many fish we catch. Our success as being fishers of men is that we're actively setting the bait, presenting Jesus, and that we see God work and we see the, the bait being taken from time to time. It doesn't have to be a boatload of fish. It's just a, an obedient step and saying, God, I know that's what you called me to do. I'm going to share you somehow, some way, as you lead me to. This week there was a little Spanish girl in the hallway. We were coming over to do some decorating. And uh, she's kind of standing and saying, can I help you? Is there something going on? Or, oh, no, no speak English. Okay, okay. So I, so I talked to her in Spanish for a little bit. And I said, you're just waiting for somebody? Yeah. So I went inside and I remember there was a, um, a Spanish track on how you can know God. And so I went in and got it and came back and gave it to her. And, and then she just quickly, she was on her phone, she quickly shoved it in her pocket. And, and, and the interesting thing was, I, it kind of blopped out of my mouth, and that's God. I said, I, she put it in her pocket real fast, and I said, you need to read that. It's important. Don't just, don't just forget about it. It's important. I don't know what God's going to do with that. I don't know if she's going to respond to that or not. But the reality is there was an opportunity. It was that simple. Go get a track. Give it to her. You, you know some Spanish. Talk to her a little bit. And tell her how important that is. It will change your life. And that's what I told her. And so um, we need to take every opportunity, as customized as it is, to share Christ or to share the gospel. Okay? So Peter and all, and all the disciples followed Jesus and became great fishers of men. And why did they become great fishers of men? Let's look at Jesus' Jesus's, can't talk. Jesus' last words. Luke 24, 49. Behold, 
I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. God empowers us to be successful. We want to be successful in Christ, not for our ego. What is true success for the Christian? It's being faithfully obedient to Jesus. That's success. Nothing else is success. That's the success that follows through all eternity. That's a success that honors God. So behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. When we receive the Holy Spirit, God's given us everything we need himself to do whatever he calls us to do. He's given us the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit endued them as he will us with power to fish for men. Satan will convince us that we're too scared or we're too worried about what's going to happen or we don't have enough skill or we don't have enough insight. Um, the... Uh, Come on, help me out, Amber. Herb's Kitchen, right? Some guy walked in there, and uh, I won't say his name, but what happened, Juan? He came in, and he had received Christ, and I think they asked him, how do you, how do you know? And uh, he pointed right at Juan, because Juan, Juan used to be, can I say that? Yeah. Juan used to be in gangs, and this guy was in gangs. And so he pointed right straight at Juan and says, I got saved because of him, because he's changed. He's not who he used to be. That was powerful. We, were, we heard that testimony, and it's like, whoa, all right, thank you, Lord. And, and, and look how he's using Juan. That was just a wonderful prayer. But do you understand? God works through him. And he just tells them, hey, look, you don't have to go this way. God has a better life for you. You know who I used to be, and you see who I am now? I'm not the same person. And he just uses his life to share the reality of Jesus in his life, and God uses it. And you're, you're active sharing that. So God will take anything in our life or any little circumstance in our life that he'll, he'll put in front of us, and he'll give us that opportunity. But when we feel that nudge of God uh, nudging us to say something, Satan will instantly try to throw in something to, to throw that out of your head, to get it out of your way. Why? He doesn't want us sharing the gospel or Christ's love or planting seed or anything. But if we simply step back and go, I've got the power of God, I've got Jesus right here with me if I'm afraid, I don't have to be afraid, just do what he says. And you'll be blessed. You'll be blessed because of that. We all think that we can't share the good news eloquently enough to reach someone for the Lord, but we would be wrong. Why? Because we have the very power of God from our high and dwelling us to do what he's commanded us to do. And he'll never command us or tell us to do anything that he has not equipped us and empowered us to do. The word power in this verse is the Greek word dynamis or dunamis. But I'm going to say dynamis means force, get this, force, miraculous power, ability, abundance, might, worker of miracles, and strength. God has given us power from on high to do his work. We, can, we, we, we hold on to that. We claim the truth of his word. 
We say, God, you've said this. We can say that when we're put in a circumstance where you know God is telling you, go ahead and talk to that person. You get scared, step back and say, get out of my face, Satan, because God has empowered me to do this. And so that kind of shifts our gears and our focus to get back focused on exactly what God is calling us to do and not dragged into the deception of Satan. Now I'm going to say something here for you that loves Star Wars. Um, the Force is with you. Now, I just, that's just kind of a cheesy joke in the message, but we know what the Force is. It's not an inanimate, obscure object, right? It's God. God is with us. And we can rely on him, and he wants us to rely on him because he's given us the power to do so. There's nothing we can't accomplish when God gives us an assignment. You know, if we need workers for the classes or the teams, and God's putting it on your heart, and you've never done about it, don't be afraid of them. Oh, yeah, they'll tear you up. That's what the, oh, they're going to drive you crazy. You can hear the enemy. No, don't be afraid. If God's leading you, step out and do it. Experience what God wants to do in and through your life for him. VBS may take extra time and energy out of our busy schedules, right? It sure does. VBS may require us to share the good news with a child or their parent. Praise God. <laughs> we may, ha may have that opportunity. VBS may require more physical work from us the week after it ends. It's one of the things, just because vacation Bible school is over, please remember that it's not over until it's cleaned up. Okay? We need people here to help clean up. You'll probably hear me say that again next week. So whatever the case, if God has called you, then jump out of the boat like Peter and Andrew and follow him. As they ran the boat, casting their net alongside their boat and pulling up the net to catch, catch fish, fish <coughs> they left it behind to follow Jesus. When he calls you to follow him somewhere, then he's going to call you to share his story with others. <coughs> God will always use us if we're available. Have you ever asked God? I apologize. Have you ever asked God to use you? Be careful. Now, that's not a warning telling you not to ask God. It's really a statement to say, look, be serious. Because if you ask God to use you, God will show you how he wants to use you. And it'll be something that you didn't expect. See, a lot of times we say, Lord, use me because here's, the, here's my abilities. We might even say in our mind subconsciously, use me. But wait, Lord, I, I didn't expect you to use me this way. But God always put things in front of us that he calls us to do that's out of the ordinary because he wants us to rely on him and grow in him and experience him and praise him for the outcome of the step of faith doing what he calls us to do. And so we need to be faithful to that. We need to be faithful to that. Whatever he, Whatever the case, if God has called you, then jump out of the boat like Peter and Andrew and follow him. And when he calls you to follow him somewhere, then he's going to call you to share his story again with others. Reiterating. They won't hear unless you tell them the good news. What's that verse in the Bible? How shall they hear? Right? Send me, Lord. If we want to be, if we're serious about that, it's easy to say, send me, Lord, but be ready for him to do what he's going to do. 
Now, does that, does that put a wet blanket on our spiritual walk when I'm sharing that with you? It shouldn't, because the idea is like we were worshiping and singing. I want to go closer to you. I want to know your love more. I want, I want to be used by you. I want to have the fullness of life in you. John 10, 10, I've come that you might have life and that you might have, abundant, have it abundantly. We can't have abundant life in him if we're not embracing what he puts in front of us. And he doesn't stop putting things in front of us if we continue to follow him. If we stop choosing to follow and embrace what he puts in front of us, we are at risk of not hearing him use us. We're at risk of staying in the mold and not moving forward in the growth that God wants us to experience in him. Peter followed Jesus and found out that Jesus changes everything. Peter was no longer a fisherman. Peter no longer slept on his own bed at night. Peter no longer just talked to his family and friends. He now traveled all over Israel. He shared the good news about God's kingdom and Jesus with total strangers. Do you remember what Peter's character was like? He was a spontaneous, hot-headed guy. He would blurt out things because he was mad, and he's the one that cut off the ear of Mar uh, Marcus in the garden when they came to arrest Jesus. He was, he was stepping up. He was ready to fight. God, God used that man for his kingdom in great ways because he became very bold after God restored him for denying him. He became very bold in preaching the gospel, especially on the day of Pentecost. After the spirit came and, and the tongues of flame were on the, above the heads of the 120 disciples in the upper room, and the crowd was outside, about 3,000 people came to the Lord that day because Peter preached boldly about what was going on. See, that's where even though Peter messed up, God restores. That's part of our walk. We walk with Jesus because we love him we see him introduce things to us, and because we love him, we want to pursue what he gives us. And in doing that, we experience him. But when we mess up, God restores us. God will always restore us if we're always surrendered to him. Always. Peter no longer um, talked with his family, no, no, no longer had those surroundings that were familiar to him. And he traveled all over Israel. He shared the good news, right? Peter preached to large crowds. Peter worked miracles. Peter didn't do it on his own, did he? Peter depended on who? The Holy Spirit. Thank you. The Holy Spirit. This is the same exact thing we're supposed to do. We're to depend on the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit would bring changes in our life. Do you think Peter, a fisherman, thought he was going to be an evangelist? speaking boldly, standing before officials in high places, declaring the truth of God's word boldly. He had no idea, but when he said, Peter, come follow me, immediately dropped the nets and followed. I'm going to make you fishers of men, whatever that means, Lord, but I'm still going to follow you. And in following him, God made him, changed him into a very strong, powerful man for God's kingdom. And the same is true for you and I. Not to say that we're all going to be like Peter or we're all going to be evangelists, but I can guarantee you that God wants to introduce a new you to you <laughs> as we leave ourselves behind and follow him. We'll discover a new us. He's shaping us the way he wants us to be. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who works 
in you both to will and to do his good will for pleasure. First time I read that, I thought, oh, that means that whatever we're compelled to do is because God has led us to do it. Therefore, um, if I'm not doing it, then God doesn't want to use me. <laughs> That's not what that means. You can't put it on God, blame it on God and say, God, you didn't compel me or lead me to do this. That's why I haven't grown. The truth is, is that as we follow God and listen to God and respond to God immediately to what he calls us to do, that he continues to stir our heart to, to see and to do his will. It develops as we walk with him. That's what, it's, that's what God wants to do in our life. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. If we say, no, good, I'm good, Lord. This is where I'm at. This is where I stay. Um, don't leave me beyond where I am. If we, if we have that thinking spiritually in our walk with Christ, we rob ourselves of the fullness and the richness and the joy and the wonder of Jesus in our life in greater measure than if we would just simply follow him to each assignment. Know the assignment, do the assignment by his power, and grow in him. God's main work is reconciliation. He wants all mankind reconciled to him, right? For, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that what? That none should perish. God desires that none should perish. So that he even says that hell, the scripture says that hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. It was not intended for us. And yet that is a reality for many who reject the Savior. He wants all mankind to accept his gift of salvation. God expects us to share the good news. You keep hearing that this morning. Again, Christianity 101. But maybe God will bring us to, our, if, we're, if we're looking to God and say, God, I hear that. I've heard my whole Christian walk. Would you make me more open to sharing your word? Will you show me more opportunity to do so? Will you be the strength and encouragement for me to speak when you call me to speak? Will you help me to reject the fear and hold on to the truth of the power that you've already given me to do what you're calling me to do? If we do that, then God's going to open up more doors for us to share Jesus. And God knows our heart. But if we talk to God and we say, God, I want that, or we say, God, I want to be closer to you. We don't get just closer to God because we ask him. We get closer to God because we follow him. And following him means as he leads us, we follow. And as we follow him, God blesses us. Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. I love that. I love that. An example of that is um, when we were doing years back and other ministries that we've done, you know, we pray before we do outreach ministries. We pray before vacation Bible school. We prayed when we did the Waymaker uh, uh, presentation out in the park. We prayed when we did the um, Samaritan's, not Samaritan's Purse, um, Zarephath Project. And we'd go around and we'd pray over a community. And we would, we would cling on to the, to the power. We'd come together as a group and say, God, okay, we're going out. We're going to talk to people at the apartments. 
open up the doors of their open up the doors give us courage and strength it's scary lord but we're relying on you because we're trusting you to empower empower us and there was a sense of in that moment of us reaching out to god and god and saying god this mission this assignment right now that you placed in front of us we're looking to you to empower us to do that work and that's what 118 well, acts 18 says excuse me you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come, what? Upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. We have the Holy Spirit living in us, and he's our power and our strength, and he's empowered us. But when the mission is in front of us, when the challenge is in front of us, when God has made plain what he's leading us to do, then we can call on him and say, God, I see the mission. I'm not hesitating. I'm stepping out immediately. I'm yielding to what you're telling me to do. But I am asking you right now in this challenge to empower me, and I rely on you to do it. And there's a blessing in that. The best way to start witnessing is, is to start right in our own Jerusalem. Now, we already say Kaling is our Jerusalem. As a church, yeah. But where is your Jerusalem? It's your everyday surroundings. It's your job. It's your family. And these aren't in order. It's your neighborhood. That's your Jerusalem. Start there. And ask God to use you. Ask God to help you to love your neighbors more. Ask God to help you to have, have a burden on your heart for the lost more. We all can have a greater burden on our heart for the lost, can't we? I don't think we can have enough of a burden for the lost. So right here at VBS, or at the park, or at our jobs, or at the grocery store, even if you don't have the opportunity to verbally share the gospel message of VBS, just being in a team effort here, working together, it's inclusive of doing that mission. And we're all a part of it. And the, and the fruit of that is a product of all of us working together for God's kingdom. It's God's kingdom work. We touch little hearts. We touch families' hearts for Jesus. And they genuinely come to know Christ. Or they genuinely make decisions to, to maybe step in and be a part of our church family and grow. Those are, those are eternal effects. And we get to be a part of it because of the power of God that works in our lives. We have that opportunity to share the gospel uh, at VBS anywhere. Okay, um, and so take that opportunity to share. So, um, beyond this, what I've already talked about, Vacation Bible School, or this week's ministry event at our church, I want to challenge you, as I'm all, I, I want God to challenge me too, that God would challenge our personal life and bring change into our life to bring change for him, a, a deeper relationship, change in, our, in, in who we are in Christ Jesus by how he calls us and how he uses us. I wonder if you would be willing to do that. Would you be willing to say, God, I want you to sh just shake it up? Well, no, that's too dramatic. Oh, Lord, I, I really want you to change my life to be much more effective for you maybe that's a better way of asking but if there's fear there don't yield to it 
if there's control there, don't yield to that. We're to be a living sacrifice to God and give ourselves to him. And when we do that, we are find the change. And change in our lives by his power is always not only good, but always a blessing that brings glory to God. We'll be able to look back on our life and go, I never thought that would be possible. I never thought that I would be doing that. I never thought that God's power would work that way through me. I never thought that I could be that close to Jesus. That's the richness of the walk with Jesus. And that richness is maintained by yielding ourselves to whatever he puts in front of us as we go. And yielding to that. So let the power of the Holy Spirit teach you, lead you, guide you, empower you, and do God's work in your life and help you to witness to those you meet. And remember, as our Vacation Bible School motto states, follow Jesus, following Jesus changes everything. My son, I want to close with this. My son, <laughs> when we were, uh, we had a, a, a Dodge Caravan and uh, we were trading it in for our custom van. And so Greg finally got it in his head, oh, we're, we're not taking the new van home with us with the caravan. In other words, we're not keeping the old van. And he started bawling. I don't want to get rid of my van. <laughs> and he was like, he was little. And the guy that was selling the car held him while, while we were doing all the paperwork. And he was just having a fit. You can't, no, no, no. He hates change. But change is necessary for growth. And if we're going to grow, we must embrace it as God leads us. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you for each one here today. Um, I thank you for this week ahead of us. I thank you for all the children that you already know that are going to be here. I don't know how many. I know that you know that we'd love to see a great crowd of kids. But I do pray, Father, please, that each one of those kids will sense you, that you, dear Holy Spirit, as you know how to talk to every human heart, I pray that you speak to the littlest of children and to the, the oldest. I pray you will speak to parents. I pray that our church and this ministry will be a beacon of light. I know that's a phrase that's used as very common, Father, but if our community could sense your spirit and your light right here in this place, throughout this week specifically, what a blessing that would be. I pray that you prepare hearts to hear the gospel, to receive you genuinely into their heart. I pray you bless every teacher, every team leader, every area of ministry from recreation to, to refreshments to um, the um, craft time, everything. Just bless it, Father, in ways that all of us will just turn back and look and say, God, how wonderful, how powerful, how loving you are. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of this, part of your mission, your kingdom work. 
this week. And I pray that you'll be glorified, Father, and I pray that your son Jesus will be lifted up high. And then finally, Father, in our own lives, help us to be willing to uh, embrace change wherever you lead us to. And that change can be dramatic, that change can be progressive as we follow you. But help us just to accept every assignment, every area, everything that you call us to do. Let us be faithful to you because we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.